Um, hope you're all doing well. Uh, my name is Jack Gonzalez. I'm the lead pastor here at Mosaic. Uh, my daughter, she she made this here for me last night, and she said, she said, Daddy, put this up there when you go up there. That way, you know, you don't have to introduce yourself. And so, I told her at least one day that on a one Sunday I'll have this up here for her. So, uh, this is just uh, for her. So, um, she's so <laughs> she's precious. Uh, well, welcome to church. We're so glad that you're with us today. Uh, God is good, and we've come here to celebrate the goodness of God and to hear His Word. And I hope that already at this point in the service, you've had a connection with Him. You were, you were connected in worship. You, you, you were singing the songs, and you called on His name. And I'll tell you this, we're going we're gonna to get into the Word. And I just believe, open your heart and your mind and allow God to speak to you where you're at in this season of life. Listen, if you've missed any of our message series, you can definitely check it out on our podcast, on our Facebook, or on YouTube, some of those areas there. But this morning, we continue on with it. And so we have our central passage, which is found in Matthew chapter 18 and in verse 20. Um, you can follow along. We got one screen working this morning. And um, you can also check it out on the, the church app and follow along there in the notes and uh, fill in all the blanks and all of that there. So it says this, for where two or three are gathered, in my name, there I am among them, right? We talked about the Greek word mesos and the God being in the middle of our gathering. You see, when Jesus speaks these words, he's speaking to the church, he's speaking to the believers and he's saying this, listen, those who have been lost can be redeemed. Those who have lost their way, those who have been hurt can, can be redeemed, can be brought back in, that anything and everything would be possible when you gather in the name of Jesus, when you come together in my name. Listen, if they've been hurt, if they've been lost, whatever's happened in the name of Jesus, when you gather, everything is possible. Everything is possible. Listen, I want to take a moment to pray. We're going to jump into part four of our message series, but I want to say this, how we treat each other. And we've talked a little bit about this, but I want to take it further. In the midst, it matters. It matters. We're going to take a look at this some more today. Let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, that you've woken us up. God, I pray, God, that our hearts and minds would be open. I pray, God, you'd speak to us. Speak to us, God. Let us, let us feel like we're the only person in the room. Lord, read our mail today. Minister to us. Strengthen us. Convict us. Lord, challenge us. And God, encourage us. Lead us in your way, the way of everlasting. May your name be glorified. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Um, so to get started, I'm going to need a volunteer. One volunteer, you make your way up here. Anybody can be anybody who can do it today. Cena, sure, you're walking. That's perfect. Um, can I use a mic? Uh, let's see. You know what, Cena, can you? Okay, uh, I'll grab you. Just come on up. I'm going to get this mic over here for you. And this will work here. And so... So this is what we're going to do, and, and ladies and gentlemen, if you can help us here on the scene. So in, in just a moment here, I'm going to put something up here on this screen, okay? So you're going to see a chart. You're going to see um, uh, boxes with a bunch of different words. And I'm going to give you 10 seconds to identify and speak into the mic um, three words that you would say describe a healthy relationship, okay? Three words in 10 seconds, okay? You're going to see options, all right? Ready? Can we put that up on the screen? Here we go. Just choose from any of those. Yeah. Okay. Eight. Ooh. Seven, okay. Ah. Six, okay. Uh, humble. 
yeah. uh, uh, forgiving, selfless, yeah. uh, loving. Awesome. Uh, uh, pretty much that's it. <laughs> Can we give her a round of applause? <laughs> Who are we calling up next? Uh, this morning, this morning we're talking about healthy, godly relationships. What do they look like? What do they look like? See, these are a big deal. When I first became a believer, guess where I wanted to be the most? When I first made a decision for Jesus, where did I want to be the most? I wanted to be around other believers. I wanted to be with the church, right? I, I, I wanted to be where, where the gathering is at. Why? Because I understood in my life that where I was going to grow the most was around other believers, right? I understood that not only was I going to grow there, but come on somebody, I was going to stay on track, right? The, when, when I'm surrounded by other people, I'm going to lose my track. I'm going to lose my way. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start off good. See, I, choose, I chose not to believe the myth that says, hey, I could be a Christ follower and do it all by myself. I could do it all by myself. Like, I, don't, I don't need other people. I, 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 I don't need anyone that's around me. I don't need anybody else encouraging. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to be around other believers. I could be a Christ follower and do it. Yeah, that's, that's not God's plan. Well, I got my plan. Yeah, but that's not God's plan. Okay, you're making your plan. That's not God's plan. God, God has a plan on how to do this. Uh, you know, I, I, I understood that the best way for me to grow in my faith was to be around other believers, be connected, be plugged in. You know, my daughter Arabella, she's seven, she's in first grade, and, um, you know, a couple of times we've had to take her out of class for her dentist appointment or another appointment, she's went in late, or she's had to leave early, and, you know, she always gets upset and bothered by that, and I'm like, mommy, you know, why, why do you get upset, you know, is, are you, you worried you missed recess, or, you, you know, you worried you missed lunch, or what, what is it, what is you, she's like, she's like, no, daddy, when, when, uh, when I come back to class and they're talking about the assignment and I don't know what the assignment is about, I feel like I, I, I missed something. So one, I was really proud of her, but I said, hey, you're in first grade, you won't be all right. But at the same time, I want us to understand that in our own faith. That, listen, if you want to grow, you have to be in God's plan. If you want to stay on track, it's here. Uh, listen, can I be a Christian and, and not be a part of the gathering? Well, can you be a Christ follower? Sure. Can, can you grow in your faith? Can you be a strong believer? No, because that's God's plan. That's God's plan. You see, my love for God increased so much during the time because I, I wanted to give God my best. I wanted to be around his people. And when I came to understand that not all relationships in my life were going to help me get where I wanted to go, that was huge. That was, that was huge for me. Not, not that I use people to get where I want, but I understood that some relationships were not helping but hurting. You see, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33, it says this, do not be deceived. What does it say? Bad company corrupts or ruins good morals. Right there in the NIV, it says corrupts good, uh, you know, good, good morals. And so if you know the company around you is not helping you, you have to evaluate your sphere of influence. I, I, I needed healthy, godly community relationships in my life. 
Healthy God, here's, and here's what I want to say to everyone. This is what I want everyone to get. Healthy, godly relationships produce growth in everyone involved because that's the idea, right? That we continue to grow, that we continue to get better, that our faith increases, that we're, our, 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 our ability to serve, everything grows. I, I find myself closer to God than I've ever been before. That's the heart's desire. That's, that, that's what it's about. See, early on when the church was first coming to be, and I'm not talking about our church, I'm talking about the big C church, when the church was first developing and it was growing and it was spreading and the gospel was moving and it was powerful and, and everything was happening for the very first time, there was a brother, his name was Apollos, and he came to the Lord. He was originally from Alexandria in, in, in Egypt, and, and he comes to the Lord. And you know, when somebody comes to faith, it's a beautiful thing, right? It's a celebration. It's, it, 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 it was then and it, it should be now and it is now. But it was, this, it was this wonderful thing, you know, because, you know, Jesus has ascended in heaven and, you know, the disciples and the apostles and they're trying to preach the word. Hey, somebody else joined us. Somebody else is following Christ. And it's, it's this wonderful thing that happens here in Scripture. And this particular brother, his name is Apollos, and he, had, he has some gifts. And in particular, he has this ability to communicate well in front of others. The Bible says that he was a well-studied um, man. He was a learned man, and he communicated well, and he had this heart to serve God. He was passionate. He was on fire for the Lord. I want to read just a little bit about it here in, in Acts chapter 18 and 24 to 26. And if you're in one of our Bible studies, you already got some of this this last week. But meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures, right? The scriptures at the time would have been the Old Testament of the Bible. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And if you remember at the beginning when they were first becoming developed, they were known as followers of the way before they were actually called Christians, identified in that way. And he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he only knew about the, he only knew the baptism of John, verse 26. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him into their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. So here's this young brother. He finds himself in Ephesus. Priscilla and Aquila are in Ephesus. These are two of Paul's disciples, and they hear the young brother get up and speak. See, in, instead of choosing to say, listen, brother, listen, bro, okay, um, you're, you're saying, you know, the truth, but you're missing a whole lot. Listen, you're not on this level. You're not ready. Instead, they say, listen, why, why don't we come on? Let's, let's go break some bread. Let me, let me talk to you. Let me, let me show you a little bit more. Let me, let, let me help you get to where you're wanting to go. I see what God is doing in your life. Well, we come along each other. Well, we speak life and you say, listen, I, I see what God is doing in your life. Let me help you get there. I, 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 I see this gift in you. I, I see what God is stirring in your life. Let me help you get there. L let me come alongside you. you. You may not even understand all that God wants to do in your life, but, but let me, let me come in, and speak life into, into you. It could have went completely different. In fact, in 1 Corinthians, there seems to be some sort of division in the church at the time. Some of the people are saying, well, I follow Paul, and others are saying, I follow Apollos. And, and, and they got this division, but Paul squashes all of that. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and verse 13, it says this, is Christ divided? 
was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? He's speaking to the church there because they had some issues. And they think, well, I follow this brother, I follow this, and they, and they, and they got some dishes. And Paul's talking about this same topic over a couple of chapters. And then in, in chapter 3, in verse 5, he says this, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. I want to say this. Only healthy, godly relationships produce growth. That's what God sees. That's what God blesses. That's what God multiplies. See, between Paul and Apollos, it was healthy. Between Apollos, Priscilla, and Aquila, it was healthy. So the question I ask all of us this morning is this, is what do healthy, godly relationships look like? What do they look like? What, what, what does that even look like? And well, there's three quick points that I want to share with you this morning from the scriptures here. Three quick points. The very first one is this, healthy, godly relationships are selfless, not selfish. Okay, they are selfless, not selfish. Listen, have you ever been around a selfish person? Anybody? Good, so you've been around yourself. All right, that's good. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. You know, that person, that person who's like, listen, there's no way I'm going to let them get the last chicken wing. Hey. I'm not letting them touch that, the last juice there. I'm not messing with that. Or, or that person who's like, I, I don't really want to share. I just, I just don't. I don't want to share. They weren't with me when I worked, when I worked to get that money to buy that thing. They weren't with me when I was sweating, when I made that happen, when I had to do that meeting, that present. They weren't with me. You know what I'm talking about? That selfish attitude, that way of life. You know, the Bible says, and this is Paul talking to young Timothy, the pastor. He, he tells him in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, he says this, For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, holy. Again, Paul's talking to the young pastor and Timothy. Paul had planted a church here in this area, and he says, Tim, Timothy is going to be the pastor of this church. And he says, listen, I know the culture. I want to let you know, listen, this is the things you're going to see. People are going to be lovers of self. Now, lovers of self does not mean it's wrong to love yourself, okay? Don't let anybody misinterpret the scriptures in your life because that's not what the Bible's saying, not at all. But have you ever come across that person that seems like they're chasing a ghost of what? They, they think life should be, or that's what they want. That's the goal of life. It should be that. They're constantly just doing whatever they can to chase that ghost, to, to accomplish that, to get this. And they'll step on whoever they got to step on. They'll, they'll do whatever they got to do because they want to get that. They want to obtain that in life. You ever come across somebody just like that? The process, they don't care how they get there. But see, God teaches us the exact opposite. He wants us to be selfless, especially when we're talking about the midst, our gathering, our church. He wants us to be selfless within the body of Christ. You know what that means? That means, that means this, not focusing only on yourself, but understanding the call to serve others, understanding the value of others. Do you see value in the people in this room? Do you see value of the people in our church do you see the value there you see let me ask you this how does your life impact others in the body of christ think about that for a moment 
think about it. So a self-reflection. How does your life impact others in the body of Christ? And secondly, are you selfless with the body of Christ? Just ask yourself, are you selfless? See, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4, it says this, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. See, this verse is not just talking about paying attention to the interests of those in your home. Yeah, li listen, let me check out the interest of my, my child or, or my spouse or, 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 or my grandma. It, it, it's talking about looking specifically into the interests of those in the body of Christ. You know, what is, what is this sister like? What is this brother like? What, what, are, what are their interests? How can I come alongside them? How can I come alongside them? Listen, um, at, at home, listen, this, this verse can be really challenging, and, and I get that it can be really challenging, I think especially for my kids. Uh, you know, they, they don't always get to watch a lot of TV, but towards the evening, we let them watch a little bit of TV. And, and we really just have one TV in our house. There's, there's another TV, and, but it doesn't really get used. There's one TV, it's in the living room, and, and before bed, they get to watch a little bit of TV. And so, uh, you know, they spend about 25% of their time trying to figure out what they're going to watch. And, and, and in, that, in, in that, you know, they're not always considerate of each other. You know, they're not thinking, oh, I want to watch this show because I want to see this show. Oh, what is it? My, my daughter wants to see all these little girlies. My, my, my son wants to see Ninja Turtles or something. And, you know, and, 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 and they're not always considered. They're not always looking, hey, what, what, what would you like to see this morning? What would you like to see this evening? What, what is it that you'd like? See, I want you to understand this. Your blessing is also connected to your selflessness within the body of Christ. This, this is the way that God has designed it. Listen, I said there were three quick points. What do healthy, godly relationships look like? Number one, they are selfless, not selfish. And secondly, they are loving, not insecure. They are loving, not insecure. I'll tell you this, insecurity is just of the devil. Listen, comparing, looking at what they got, thinking to yourself, man, I don't got that. Man, what about me? And then just dealing with it right here, right here. Letting it replay over and over. You're at home, you're driving to work, wherever you're at, and it just, it just, it's just right there. Right? This, this, this constantly compare, telling yourself that you don't have it, that you won't have it. I'll never have it. I, I won't. I can't do it. I, I better not even be generous or they'll get better. I better not even smile. I better not be encouraging because then they'll somehow get better. I better not pray for them because then they'll get better. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, 12 and verse 10, it says this, love one another with brotherly affection. And then it says this. I want you to see this. Outdo one another in showing honor. Come on, somebody. Again, completely against what the world teaches. You see, insecurity will never allow you to live this verse out. It just won't, right? You're, you're constantly dealing with what you don't have or where you're at or why they got what they got and feeling all these feelings of insecurity and you'll never be able to live this out. You'll want to. You, you, you'll consider it. You'll, 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 you'll hope for it. You'll pray, God, help me. But you'll never be able to live it out because of the insecurities that you have not released and laid out before the Lord. 
God, God I, I, I'm struggling with this issue. I don't want to. God, God, I, I, I give it to you. I, I lay it before you. God, would you bring healing in my life? Help me to understand my value in you and let me be satisfied with that in my life. Let me be satisfied with that. The Bible calls us to outdo one another in showing honor. You know, the, the, the world, what they want us to do is they want us to outdo one another you know, with what we got, with our material possessions. Oh, with our houses. Oh, that brother got a house. Oh, watch the house I'm about to get. Or that car, come on. Uh, hey, the, you know, those, those shoes, those purses, come on, ladies. You know, hey, I want to say this. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with having nice things. But it's wrong when the motive is to be better than someone else. You know, it could be, hey, you're out there shopping and you see that thing. Ooh, because, hey, so-and-so, but this is going to level up. Let me get this. What I'm saying is you need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, bring conviction, and, and remember these words this morning. And say, yo, man, okay, you know what? I know what Holy Spirit you're saying to me. I heard what Pastor Jack said. I'm going to put this down. I'm going to come back. I'm going to see you in one week. I'm going to see you in one week because i got to deal with some stuff in my heart. I still want that, but i got to come back and i got to do it for the right reason. Because I recognize within myself, that's the wrong reason. That's the wrong reason. I need to put it down. Because, and maybe it's not one week. Maybe it's a month. Maybe it's a year. Maybe you don't need it at all. But I need to put that down because the truth is I want it for the wrong reasons. Are you following me this morning? Love one another. Honor one another. Serve one another. Go out of your way for one another. And I know you, think, I know you got things going on. I, 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 I know that. But you are the church. We are the church. And love your brothers and sisters in the church. Love the people in your Bible studies, in your groups. Jesus says this in John chapter 13 in verses 34 through 35. He says this, a new commandment I give you. Hold on, time out. Let's pause. Does it say a new suggestion? A new suggestion. I get everyone, Jesus has a new suggestion. I want you to check this out. There's a new suggestion. It's not. It doesn't say that. A commandment. This is what he's asking of you. A command. He's saying, do this. He didn't say, this is option A, this is option B. Okay, let's get to it. A new commandment I give you today, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Have you experienced his love in your life? You also ought to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you have love for one another. If you have love for one another. Meaning this, the way that you love the people inside the body of Christ will communicate to the world that you belong to Him. The way that you love the people here, the way that you serve the people here, the way that you come alongside the people here. I mean, why would anyone be attracted to the church if we don't love each other? Why? Why? I never want you to be in a position where you're concerned that you can't invite a friend because you're worried that they'll see us not loving each other. Could you, could you imagine that? Insecurity wants to ruin our commandments to love one another. The commandments. Insecurity wants to ruin that. Don't let it win. 
don't let it win. What do healthy, godly relationships look like? Number one, they are selfless, not selfish. They are loving, not insecure. And thirdly, they are forgiving, not resentful. They are forgiving, not resentful. Well, Pastor, you went there. Oh, yes, we won't talk about it. The longer we live this life, we are bound to make mistakes. We're going to make mistakes. Right? We're going to do the wrong thing. We're going to say the wrong thing. We're going to rub somebody the wrong way and vice versa. That's going to happen, right? The longer we live this life, something you didn't mean just kind of just came out. It was the moment. Just, just, just something happened. It's bound to happen. But the Bible says this, and Paul says this in, in his letter to the church in Ephesus. He says this in chapter 4 and verses 26 and 27. And don't sin by letting anger control you. And don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Now what's the Bible teaching us? What's the Bible teaching us? When we choose not to forgive, and it's a choice. When we choose not to forgive each other, we are choosing to let our anger control us. That's what we're choosing. Yeah, but they made me so mad. Yeah, but it frustrated me. They don't deserve for me ever to look in their direction again. You know, to ever look, you know. What we're choosing to do is choosing to let our anger control us. And what the Bible describes is the Bible describes that that allows the devil a foothold in my life. Do you know what a foothold is? Right, the door's closing, but the foot is there and the door can't close all the way. It, 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 can't, it can't close because cause, cause the foot's there. See, when I choose not to forgive, when I choose to hold that grudge, when I choose to be resentful, it's like the foot's there. And the devil's like, you gave me all that room? I didn't even need that much. I didn't even need a whole foothold, but you gave me a foothold? Okay. We walk right in in your life. Wondering how the devil got in your life, got into your family, got into your home, got into your plans. You wondering how he got there. Yeah, your foot held the door open. With that grudge, right, with that resentment, you just, you just let him right in. What he's calling us to do is to forgive one another. Listen, I know it happened. Now we're bound to make mistakes in this life. And last I checked, none of us are perfect. We all must recognize we need Jesus. And a part of that needing Jesus, a big part of that is understanding I need what he's done for me on the cross. I need that in my life. So we forgive. We love one another. We're selfless with one another. But I want you to see this. Forgive each other. Forgive each other. Forgive the body of Christ. Forgive your brothers and sisters in the faith. This is what the Father wants to see from us. He says it over and over in Scripture. You look at the, the it says it again and it says it again. There's so much to this. He says it over and over. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 32, he says this, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Treat each other this way with this type of forgiveness. Let go of the grudges. Let go of what happened. I get it. It happened. Let go of it. 
seek reconciliation, seek peace, seek unity, right? seek to mend the wounds. Don't try to pretend it doesn't exist, it didn't happen, that just doesn't work. But Jesus says this in Mark eleven twenty five. He says, and whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Forgive if you have anything against anyone. Forgive. Look for the opportunity to forgive. The forgiveness of our sins is tied directly with us forgiving others. You see, so resentment, pride, grudges, they never allow us to move forward with the good things that God has for us, and He certainly has them for us. Are you following me this morning? I'm going to close with this. Well, first let me ask you, what what has your brother done against you? Whatever it is, forgive them. You know, there's been so many situations in my life where you know, you're growing up and you, you spend enough time and around the same people, something's going to happen, right? You've seen that within your own family, your own home. Something happens and then it's family, you got to work it out and you got family drama. You know what I'm saying? Nobody? Well, we're a church family. Eventually, something's going to happen. I don't know if there's anything going on or not right now, but the Lord knows that He's prepared this message for you this morning. Forgive each other. Let's be all that we can in Christ together. And I'll say it again, and I said it at the beginning, healthy, godly relationships produce growth in everyone involved. You know, I think back to the main passage I shared with Paul and Apollos and Priscilla and Aquila, you know, again, Priscilla and Aquila, those were two of Paul's disciples, and he's, they're traveling with him on his missionary journey, and, and they're, they're going from place to place, and then Paul leaves them in Ephesus, here in this city where he's planted a church, and says, listen, go here, I'm going to continue on, but I'm going to leave you here, and he leaves them there. And, and somehow Apollos finds himself in Ephesus and in this church that Paul planted. And, 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 and you know, this church is growing, it's thriving, all of this is happening. And Apollos is beginning to preach about the kingdom of God and all of this is taking place. And, but he doesn't know everything about Jesus, but he's passionate about serving. He, he's passionate about Jesus. He's, he's passionate about to the level of understanding that he knows. You know what Paul didn't teach Priscilla and Aquila? He didn't teach them to, 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 to just, just to remove him, say, listen, you ain't got it. So listen, I just, it's not. What he taught them was to come alongside. What he taught them was to see the best. What he taught them to see what God was doing in their life. I, I choose to see that. And I get it. it like, you know, well, that brother, like, I, he's got some good things, but he's got a whole lot of other things. Listen, I want you to say, choose to see the good. Help them get better. You see what our gathering's about in this Matthew 18, 20? When Jesus says these words, he's saying, listen, when you come to gather in my name, there I am among you. Right? Anything and everything is possible in the presence of God. But in the context of this passage here, he's talking about what's been hurt. He's talking about what's been lost. 
they sing, in the name of Jesus, you gather in my name, there I am, and anything's possible. Anything's possible. See, God is calling us to be strong together, to move forward together, to grow together, to accomplish together, to dream together. Healthy, godly relationships see the best in the people. Jesus.